Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 22nd of January, the year of our Lord, 2002. NBA Jam. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> These aren't scanning as well as Space Odyssey. They're not. <laughs> Freewheeling. You know, we had a year of it. So <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring is, of course, still number one in the UK box office. Ali is more than a woman. Which is the one where it says here where the beat sounds like Mr. Blobby farting. <laughs> if you think I'm being over the top, go and listen to it yourself. <laughs> Number one, the chart. Uh, Manchester United boost their attack with 7.5 million move per Uruguayan. There we go. Striker Diego Forlan from uh, the Independent Day of Argentina. Despite not being a success at United, United supporters still sing his name in tribute to the two times he scored against Liverpool. Quote, he came from Uruguay, he made the Scousers cry, <laughs> and followed him in to still makes him smile. That looks like stuff like that. Manchester United could do with some, with some cheering up lately anyway. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, now, Zach is full of family pride in Emmerdale. His son has broken his arm. It looks like as though they're scammed to see the council's going to pay off. Oh, damn, my kid did this, IRL. But he's brought back down to earth with a bump Ooh. when cousins Elvis and Marilyn arrive with his mother in to What? Elvis and Marilyn with his mother hang in on, Hang on, hang on, The Dingle's gimmick is they've all got biblical names. Who the fuck are Elvis and Marilyn? <laughs> Elvis, the god of Vegas. And Marilyn... God the, of Vegas. Marilyn, the god of Monroe. <laughs> That's it. In the Bible, all the gods mean up. <laughs> Bless my soul. Yes. Marilyn was on a roll. <laughs> it's like a Terry Pratchett book. Uh, whatever. Medal of Honor Allied Assault is the big game this week. A very big success. The country's, this country being America's ninth best-selling computer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, combined with blah, 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 blah. However, it's most notable for being the first PC game in the United States to be sold in the new standard size packages recommended by the IS. IDSA, whoever they are. Uh, so, no more big boss man, no more big box man for the PCs. I know. This is the end of an era, like those lovely massive boxes that you get with one floppy disk inside and, a, and an instruction manual that you could strangle a cat with. Right. Like, those are the glory days of video games. Yeah. What was we'll the let last? you do it now. It's illegal to have a big box. What was the last? <laughs> well, I know some with big boxes. Um, what was the last... A big boxed PC game you bought or owned 
as I say, I wasn't buying them at that point. It may have been, good God almighty, Casper, the video game of the film. Wow. Which didn't work on our PC. Oh. And we never got a refund, so I assume my dad borrowed or stole it. So nice. I'd look at it going, ooh, big box. Yeah. Casper, um, the very brief Ghostbusters cameo in the film, which got... Have you seen the film, by the oh, way? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That got a reaction that, that you great. rarely hear in a cinema, especially when you're a kid. You're told to be quiet and stuff like that. I'll laugh when it's funny. I was just like, oh, I know what that is. It's in- that was an inspired crossover, that yeah. was. Put, Ca- yeah. put Casper in the Ghostbusters multiverse. Yeah, next time, he's like, next time, don't call us. Whatever. That's it. He's in it for like 10 seconds. It's, it's like, brilliant. yay! <laughs> it's like Jimmy Buffett in Jurassic Park. Yeah, so. that was a great little cameo, that Anyway, was. before we digress further, that was all the things that was happening in the wonderful world. I didn't world. tell you my game that I bought. 2002. Oh, you're box. right. That was a segue. Go on. Uh, it would have either been um, the Hanna-Barbera Animation Studio... It had been maybe the Games Factory, where you would make uh, your own computer games using sort of click, like it was C++ for fucking idiots. And I loved it because I'm a fucking idiot. Wow. So you'd so you'd make all the you all the sprites and stuff, and you and you and it would do like collision detection. So you'd have all your so you'd make a like I made Sonic games on it all the time. So you'd make of course you did. So you'd have a character and you'd show you'd say how you control it using the D pad and the space does this, and then it'd be like what happens when this interacts with this? Well, if he's if he's in a running pose, he'd lose his rings. If he's in a jumping pose, the other thing dies. And I just spent hours making little Sonic games on there. Oh, loved it. It'd been that awesome tower. What's Sim Tower? It's Sim City, but in a big office tower. Oh. And you'd, and you'd rent out the floors to b- different businesses. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the amount of games we play and enjoy where it's, you have a crap job. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. You ever play Papers, Please? <laughs> yes. The crappest job <laughs> in the world. God, it's a good game. I mentioned Alex. I mentioned Alex, and she said, "I think I'd like it, but I think it would stress me out because I'd want to get everybody through right." And it's like, "Well, you, 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 you can't. It's not. It's difficult to hundred percent it." I said, "Yeah, but I need to, and I can ruin my day if somebody got through and they weren't supposed to." I look at that because I, I tried looking. Just you know how you do sometimes. Oh, I'm looking for an RTS game, but I'm looking for a particular type of RTS game. Well, what type of RTS game are you looking for, Matthew? Well, I'll tell you, Matthew. Uh, I was looking for one where you play an ATC, like an airplane. Um, oh, manager, I guess it's the best way of saying it. The people who go, all right, you know, come down, you know, those people. There's about 10 different ones on Steam. Oh. And because there was that many, I went, no, nah, I'm all right then. This is too much. They to could expect me from. to know how to do this now. <laughs> this isn't a, whoa, get this, lads, crazy idea. It's like, oh, no, this is an established genre of games. I'm like, forget it. You're also forgotten. Oh. The introduction, the Call That Classic Smackdown review. You are listening to Dulcet Tones of Matthew and Tom. That's right. There's two of us. I hope you can hear Tom as well. Or this could be a long podcast. I've <laughs> not had a lot of sleep, but I am happy to be here. What about yourself, Tom? I am also happy to be here, and I also didn't have much sleep. <laughs> so this is going to be a good day. I wonder if it was I've a had full moon last night. I don't know. I had. I've had. We've had fuck all sleep in our house all week. Um, Alex is working on a big project for in her, in her current new job uh, at the BBC. 
uh, and and she's bringing it home with her to get it done. And it's a really exciting project. It's one that she's very passionate about, but it is like chewing up our evenings at the moment. So she's been working on that, and I've been lending the the a bit of help in moral support or sometimes production support. And also last night I was out late. What, what were you doing? I went to go see Brian Butterfield at Whitley Bay Playhouse. Oh, bless you. How was the man? He was fan-fucking-tastic. And was he Brian Butterfield the entire... All the way through. to the Even to the meet and greet at the end, where he was also Brian Butterfield. He put the meat in meet and greet. He certainly did. Wow. Now, the triple jump lads went as well, and... Because I, you know, I, I sort of joined the queue for the meet and greet. I hadn't purchased anything for the meet and greet, but because I'd interviewed him, he went, just join the queue and come and say hi. Yeah. So I did. And Ben said, can you give him some of these to sign? Um, then he gave me the, the sleeves for Dark Souls. Because Peter ah, Serafinovich is in the game right. Dark Souls. I and do Peter, know that dumb fuck. And Peter Serafinovich plays Brian Butterfield. So, but he was in character the whole time. So, he was, so I was like, oh, it's Tom from Radio Newcastle. Oh, oh, Tom, lovely to talk to you on the wilds the other day. And my friend Jojo came with me. My woman of honour, Jojo, came with me. And she was, in, she was in tears. She was so excited to meet him. It was lovely. And then just as we had some photos and had a bit, I said, would you mind? I said, because it's a bit of an imposition. Could you forge Peter? Serafinovich's signature onto these. I, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he slightly let the veil slip. He went, I've put R at the bottom because I placed some of the characters in this. I went, surely Peter does. Oh, yes, yes, Peter does. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's fantastic. Oh, he should have gone, no, I play the, I play the dark soul. <laughs> yeah, I am the dark soul. Uh, it was a wonderful business seminar from Brian Butterfield. We left with so much business knowledge. Oh, good! It was it was just it was just a just a joy. It's nice an excuse to hang out with with one of my one of one of my longer suffering friends in Jojo Hatfield. Uh, but it was just nice to spend some time with Brian Butterfield as well. It sounds it amazing. How are you? More importantly, apart from I'm sleepy, right. I'm all right. Apart from sleepy, I'm in a great mood. Just existing is nice. I've life heard that. Good. Would you do good life? Good. On your thing over there. Can you turn number one up a little bit on the dial? I know normally when a tiny bit more. Perfect. Am I being quiet? You're a little bit quiet. Oh shit! But I'm, I'm, I'm a gobshite, so I have to very much of course temper it's the Tom my, level. The Tom level. So you need to always be higher than me, like Rob Van Dam. Yeah, um, that's what we're all thinking. Weed. <laughs> ah, so what have you got for us in the mailbag this week, Tom? Mailbag! Segway. Thank you very much uh, if you've sent emails in, Gus. Uh, Gus from Indiana gets us started, saying, hearing you guys talk about Dave Meltzer's older-than-Rick Flair computer last week, conjured up image of beloved internet celebrity <laughs> and self-proclaimed handsome man, Strongbad! Yes. Uh, from Homestar Warnor, uh, from off of the internet in the past. I wanted to ask you two who your favourite fictional wrestlers are wrestlers created for other media or property like Bonesaw McGraw in Spider-Man Bonesaw is ready or Kill Bane in Saints Row Ooh. I'm going to chuck in the Rasslaw from Dial M for Monkey which was the Dexter's Lab mini sewed that appeared in, in that show uh, where it was played by Randy Savage as yep. well and it just it just everything Randy Savage was in he just played Randy Savage <laughs> Which makes it fantastic. I loved the Rasslaw on Dial M for Monkey. How about you? It's a good pick. I'm going to put uh, Kaniku Man 
which is the old Japanese anime making fun of anime. Nice. And it, you watch it now because it's like, I think it's mid, uh, early 80s. So there's lots of references and appearances and cameos from all the big stars at the time, which are like Andre, Hogan, Inoki, ah. Baba, etc. And there's there in the background, you know, and it's, it's just a weird little thing. And it's good reading the reviews of it online, which is like, Critics thought this was a pile of shit. Fans liked it. <laughs> and it's getting a redo. People might know it as Ultimate Muscle. In which case, there's two picks for that, that redo because of the yeah. fantastic dub they did. One is Kevin Mask. <laughs> nice. That's right. And he had an NWO shirt on, which is a kid was like, whoa! Great. I was a new mask order, whatever they called it. Kevin and the other Mask. one is because there's a guy who's a half man, half deer. His name is, this is how it got translated, Dick Dick Van Dick. <laughs> and in one advert they'd show on TV for Cartoon Network, as I'm talking to people going, he's saying, the book stops here. <laughs> Dead silence for the crowd. He goes, no, the book, see, I'm a, I'm a, deer, a Dick Dick. That's a male deer. That's <laughs> Dick Dick Van Dick. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll go then. Bye. <laughs> I need to watch more Ultimate Muscle. I've not watched it in years. Oh, yeah, you, you need a very big brain to appreciate <laughs> <laughs> the quality of Ultimate Muscle. Like, I will do a, I will do a plug for a, a fictional wrestler who is a mate of mine, that being the Ginger Ninja, who is the... the Undertaker. <laughs> oh, sadly not that Undertaker. Big fan of the podcast. He is the, uh, the, the, the protagonist in the podcast, Wrestling with the Champ, which looks back at the history of Pub Wrestling Federation, multi-time world champion and dropout, the Ginger Ninja. You can search Wrestling with the Champ where you get your podcasts from. It's a lovely listen. Oh, there you go. I'll give him a shout as well. Uh, Barry from Dublin writes, loved your Royal Rumble 2002 review. In particular, your Val Venus impression or Patty and Selma impression. <laughs> oh, God, you're right. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, if you could remove Goldust, Godfather, Venus and Mr. Perfect from the Rumble, which former stars slash returns would you have in their place? either secretly Ooh. or with the vignette treatment leading up to the event. It should always be secretly, Barry, I think, for a start. Yeah. Um, who would you have in there? That's actually a good idea. Uh, I'm not just saying I actually appreciate Patty and Selma, but it would be funny if they'd bigged up all these dudes. Oh, Goldust is here. Ooh, Val Venus is back, and he's still got his penis. Ooh. And it's like, uh, number 29, Vader. <laughs> yeah! So like all these guys say, wait, wait, who? The Godfather, out. That'd have been Gold is back in the bin where he came from. <laughs> all the rest. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, Vader would have been a very simple pick, but I think he was having a good time in Japan at that point. So I'm trying to think you wouldn't want somebody too far from the past. And it would depend on sort of who was knocking about at that time. Depending where Road Dog was in his life. I think Road Dog and Billy Gunn popping in the rumble might have been Ooh. a little bit fun. But I think he wasn't in the, the best of places, so maybe not. I was thinking about this because it's it's in a few months' time, he'll appear in TNA. One of their very first shows. Mm. I remember seeing the photo in Powerslam magazine of him going, Christ, how many years has it been since Road Dog? It's not even been one. And he looked <laughs> haggard. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. So um, it's difficult because, like, in O2, it's weird because nowadays, like, a lot of guys that come back, that like, there's been a bit of a, a renaissance there. And there's a lot of people come back who are in good nick. Like, you know, they've, they've, they've been away and they've worked hard and they come back and we go, fucking hell, they look great. Whereas like, oh, two, I think a lot of people were just, it wasn't that, I don't know whether it was a nutritional thing or an environmental thing. There wasn't many that were on the periphery yeah. who were like amazing. The, like, and the, in terms of like who you would bring back, um, 
I mean, well, Matt, Mick Foley's just fallen out with the company, so you couldn't really bring him back. That wouldn't happen. They wouldn't bring any WCW people back just Because they're all on the thing, Time Warner thing, so. Yeah. Maybe. Would you go you know so what? golden I era? I hadn't thought about that. Maybe that's why they announced people beforehand. No, you're not getting Hogan. Just you're to, not getting... Well, bad flair, right? Sorry. <laughs> I've got what you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not getting Sting. Like, this is who you're getting. Just so Don't people boo them, all right? Thrown off the scent, so you've, yeah. you've announced them ahead of time. That's I hadn't thought about that until now. Yeah. Um, I tell you what would have been nice. Uh, bring out... As God, uh, bring out D'Lo Brown, then Godfather, then Mark Henry, then Farouk, and have a little Nation of Domination reunion in the Rumble. Cool. I think they're all with the company still. Really, I know. But yeah, you could, but, you <laughs> yeah. Could, but but Henry was was missing in action. D'Lo Brown was doing oh, yeah, nothing. Don't know um, Godfather was making a, a yeah. bit of a comeback anyway. Um, yeah, do that. And Farouk's in the company as in as the APA. You could just have him come out and then just have the other lads suddenly appear around him. That'd be quite nice. Little little nation of domination. Pacho's like, yeah, is this great? And they all stare at him. <laughs> yeah. I'll get me coat. <laughs> Goes over the top. Send him flying oh. out. Or Rikishi gets eliminated, comes back out as the Sultan gets eliminated. Oh, the 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 anti-pop that would get. I, th- then, the Sultan, he's at WrestleMania. But then you bring out Make a Difference Far 2. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know uh, what? You know oh, what? We're no. being too serious with this. Like, new generation. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> Duke Drosy, get him in the rumble. Oh. Get Duke Drosy in the rumble, you cowards. Literally living in a bin now. <laughs> Start off as a joke, now it's serious. There's some suggestions for you from my side of the things. Thank you, Barry. Cheers, Barry. Classic at cultaholic.com. Send us an email, you coward. Do some wrestling news. Oh, we're getting to SmackDown this week. So Matthew Gregg is going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. But before we get there, here is the wrestling news. Just a couple of headlines, and there's a few bits that we're going to go in deep on as we get through the show. And there is one particular story oh, yes. that is very much pertinent, but we won't do that till later. New Japan Pro Wrestling was thrown into absolute chaos this past week. Matthew, do you know why? It must be a day ending of why. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> in 02, there's... Go on. Okay, so Kendo Kashin, Satoshi yeah, Kojima, yep. uh, Keiji Muto, and five other front office employees all handed in their <sighs> notice. They are off to go and get amongst it with all Japan pro wrestling and rise it from the ashes once more. Well, this, this will become Noah. No. Noah. No, no. New Japan immediately attempted to forge a stronger relationship with Noah as a result of this departure. In addition, there is significant power struggle going on in New Japan, which will likely shake out the next week with Antonio Inoki returning from Los Angeles to sort everybody out. So is Inoki in LA when this massive like revolution happens? Good, because if he'd been there, he'd have kicked shit out of everybody. (laughs) It's crazy reading about the period of Japanese wrestling history involving New Japan and Inoki during the 2000s and just him just slamming the plane that is New Japan into Sim Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Hiroshi Hase had left a few weeks prior to this Mm -hmm. and that was seen as a big deal move because um, he was unhappy and wanted to go with Old Japan anyway. He'd been in New Japan wrestling for years, wanted to see, yeah, but I was an Old Japan kid growing up Mm because that meant that was a big deal back then. Um, like the differences between the two companies. So that was announced. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, Muto, Kojima, Kashin, and some others left. And does it say there that this did result in, I think it's all but one title being vacant because Muto had all of them? Yeah. 
So basically, the, the it's, it's like WCW's big reboot in 2000, yeah. pretty much. In terms of like, for those who don't truly really follow New Japan, I'm trying to think of a, a, simila, a, a simile with WWF in 2002. So it would be the equivalent of, would you say, sort of Rock, Undertaker. Yeah. Mudo was Kane, most publications number Jericho. one wrestler of the year last year. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah, Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Jericho. Whoever the champions are. Oh, right yeah. now, so the champs, Jericho. Or... So Jericho, would, yeah, but oh, wow. as a name, Jericho would go. Yeah. Rock would go anyway. Yeah. Stone Cold. Uh, Stone Cold. Um, and Crash Holly. William yes. Regal. <laughs> oh, nah, I never rated Kendall Kashin. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so and it'd be like them all going to a new comp, another company, yeah. and, all at the same time. And from what detail I've just remembered, what's a bit more important is not just them going fuck New Japan. Um, Mudo was. Again, he's very hot at the minute. He's reinventing himself. He's wrestling really good matches. And he's wrestling both Old Japan and New Japan to help them both. And just there's that famous image of him with all the titles around him. Because he was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? We need someone to get the attention. Old Japan's on its ass, thanks to Noah. Mm. And then Muda was scheduled to, or was being thought of to win the IWGP championship. And it was said, well, no, we can't put the title on you. Because what if you were in a real fight with... Mirko Krokop <laughs> or Bobu Sapu or all the other people who might have you fucking fight. We went, what? What the fuck are you idiots talking about? Which, you know, being the voice of reason, went, fuck this, I've got all Japan. We mean real fighting. And other people went, yeah, I don't want to be involved in any fucking real fighting and get my head kicked in either. I love Japan for that. It's like, no, you'll, <laughs> we might put you in a real fight. So, yeah. Enokiism. Enokiism. That's what they call it. Kill the company. But it was always a good sign when some of your biggest wrestlers leave, right? That was it's it's it, co it goes back to fears of like the twenties and like when the Gold Dust Trio was starting their thing and they made Gus Suddenberg the world champion because they liked his look and they liked his charisma. Yep. And then there were promoters that went, "Oh, we'll book Gus Suddenberg for a match," and then their champion would just shoot on Gus because they could beat him easy. And they're like, "No, that's <laughs> yeah, it's just." It's sort of Dark Ages wrestling, or not sort of out of the Dark Ages wrestling, but Anoki was always afeard of that. So therefore, he'd be like, right, you've got to be fucking real, really fucking tough. And that's yeah, all that matters. Anoki's like, you guys should be fighting the real fighters like I did back in the day. And everyone's like, what? The ones that you did were the half fixed? You mean, you piece of shit? <laughs> one would draw with Ali one time. Now I should go and get my fucking brain scambled by Fedor Milenko. <laughs> Cheers. That'll help New Japan. It did not help New Japan. It didn't, but it didn't help New Japan. So lots of exciting things happening in Japan, in the wrestling world. We'll keep tabs on that. Don't... Wow, it's crazy. Imagine all these old wrestlers leaving one company and then joining as one group into another. <laughs> Can't imagine it, Tom. How's that relevant to what we're talking about? I have no idea, Your Honor, but with that, we will touch on later. I'm going to give you one bit of news about the XWF, and then I've got some. I've got a little bit of dark match news <laughs> as well. All the important stuff. All the important stuff. New Japan stuff. Insurrection, the NWO, and then... XWF, all the all the heavy hitters here this week. Uh, so the XWF had a booth set up at the television convention in Las Vegas, the the NAPTE NAPTE convention, and I think there's a catchy name for it. So <laughs> the TV convention, <laughs> they had calls it. they had ten hours of TV that they were looking to sell to a network. Uh -huh. So uh, there's several of the wrestlers were there to kind of work. The, it's quite a popular thing the television convention where a lot normally you, you'll have a wrestling representation there. I think it's I do believe it's at one of these conventions in like the ninety early in the mid. 90s that Vince first met Sting when he was in WCW I've heard that and Vince story, was yeah. like hey why do you come on over here and uh, and, and it nearly yeah, I can't I'm signing autographs <laughs> 
Um, now, XWF is ready to take off, said the press release handed out to the television thing, uh, which would be fine. But one of the main stars that they are pushing at the, at the at their booth uh, has just signed with the WWF full time. <laughs> so maybe not the case. Kurt Hennig was apparently going to be there at the convention um, along with a litany of other wrestlers. WWF had said, yeah, we've just signed him, but we, we can honor that booking with him. And then they went, actually, now we need him for Raw and SmackDown. No, we're keeping him by. And they didn't even use him on SmackDown. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the Vince I know. The press release for the XWF listed appearances at the booth by Roddy Piper, The Road Warriors, Jimmy Hart with Hale, Nasty Boys, Greg Valentine, Kurt Hennig, uh, Jim Duggan, The Beautiful X-Girls, Rena Marrow, British Storm. Who's not a beautiful ex-girl? She's not. She's, a, she's, a, she's still a girl, apparently. British Storm Ian Harrison <laughs> and the Kiss Demon. The first day was said to be embarrassing as everyone turned up in their gear and no one showed up to get pictures or autographs. <laughs> so they're all sat there Aww. in their trunks and no one's coming over to their booth. XWF officials said uh, that this was bound to happen. The poor attendance was down to Martin Luther King Jr. Day. <laughs> Taking place on the same day that they're yeah, at the convention. Yeah, that pesky MLK. Still does all tricks. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus, how dare you blame him? <laughs> Go on then, one more. What the day after MLK Jr. Uh, okay, after the, uh, the day after, the um, this was a quote from a wrestler in our new favourite publication, the Desert Sun newspaper. It's back, baby. Who said this? I personally believe that everything I stood for when I got in the ring would be compromised and succumbed to the circus-like atmosphere that's out there, and that's putting it mildly. I would be an imbecile if I gave up half my money to work for a company that I didn't respect. Who is saying that, and who's he saying it's about? Ian Harrison on a job form the subway. <laughs> Is the wrong answer. Damn but it. Lord, I wish it was the right answer. That is an interview with Goldberg with the Desert ah. Sun talking about his chances of joining the WWF. Jim Ross on a press call on Thursday said that actually I spoke to Goldberg a few times and he seems all right with us. <laughs> so weird that Goldberg's just gone, no, they're shit. Yeah, the, the Goldberg. It was so funny reading about the reports in Power Slam and it was always like Goldberg said, yeah, yeah, I'll have a meeting with you. Oh, sorry, I've got to cancel. I've got a golf game that day. Just, <laughs> yeah, when I'm good and ready, I'm going to mark. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this DDP on SmackDown. Goes, nah, nah, I think I'll just sit in my comfy chair today. Yeah? Uh, one final bit. So um, a dark match from this week's SmackDown. Oh, so we get any reports on the day after? Was this one day convention with the XWF? They uh, that's all I got for the convention. Sadly, I might have more next week, but certainly in terms of all Damn the convention. Damn it, you make it as wait. I know. How dare you, Tom? I know. That's all I got about the convention. It just basically, what you need to know is it didn't go well. They didn't sell their 10 hours of television and the company is folding in, uh, by lunchtime, yeah, I would right. say. It was, uh, it was, it's, it's not gone well for them <laughs> and it hasn't from the beginning. Soon there'll be a DVD that will explain it all and say how ready and brilliant they were going to be and how Hulk Hogan was a lock-in. Oh, and... You know, if that was on YouTube, now it'd be uploaded as, you know, Jimmy Hart shoots hard on MLK. <laughs> <laughs> dodgy thumbnail for you. So what else? It really got? is. Um, dark match for this episode of SmackDown. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, which saw AJ Styles getting a run out in the WWF. It certainly did. In a losing effort to Rico Constantino. Uh, 
Dave Melter says, Constantino finally got a haircut. For months, both Jim Cornette and Les Thatcher have been pushing Constantino as being the first developmental guy fully ready to come in with a push. The writers didn't want him because of his age, 40, nothing wrong with being 40, and because of his haircut, 1980s Rick Martel style. The latter of which always sounded like perhaps the lamest reason imaginable. We don't like his haircut. So he sorted out his haircut in hopes that they'll sign him. I like, what I love about this particular thing is the sheer amount of paragraph space given to Rico Constantino <laughs> as opposed to AJ fucking Styles. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Rico's the... Like, the Rico thing, the Rico phenomenon, I'm just, I've been fascinated by in the last 12 months of doing this podcast because Rico's been getting tryouts. And in The Observer, they're going like, Rico had a match with Brock Lesnar. Rico had a match with yeah, Dave yeah. Batista. Rico had a match with Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar. Rico's had a match with AJ Styles. And all that they seem to talk about is Rico. Not all, not everybody around him that will become megastars. Mm. Rico's the guy. Rico's definitely going to be the man. Well, as we know in Rico's this podcast... Rico's got the LA Knight energy in a weird way. Like, mm. he's somebody that's clearly the full package as far as the higher-ups are concerned, but there is uh, another concern among management that he is, quote, too old. And, and, and they're trying to push him through regardless. I think almost like if the wind had been slightly different, we probably would have seen Rico yeah. Constantino as opposed to LA Knight in 2002. Yeah, just too... Too ahead of his time, like Billy Graham. Too ahead, like like old superstar Billy, Billy, Billy. I'm going for his YouTube series. <laughs> anyway, so. anyway, there is more, and there's a big story, but yep. I'm saving it till the end. And we're going to throw it over to Matthew Gregg, who's going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. Thank you very much, Tom. And would you bloody believe it? It's a satellite feed edition. Yay! So, so did you get the AJ Rico match? I've got a blow-by-blow recap of it. Uh, yes! On an unseen, unrecorded match, Mr. Perfect pinned Randy Orton with the Perfect Plex. Mm. Uh, whatever. So he was a SmackDown, and that's why he missed the convention. Uh, he said, said, fuck MLK for some reason, which I thought was very inappropriate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Acolytes defeated Brock Lesnar and Ron Waterman. Wow. Bradshaw pinned Waterman from the clothesline from hell. You know what I call Ron Waterman matches? H2, no. <laughs> it's a quick match with Bradshaw taking off Ron's head. Crowd really liking it. Imagine if Bradshaw pinned Brock Lesnar instead. He'd have, he'd have rode that wave for the rest of his career. Oh, I beat Brock Lesnar in a shoot with a shoot lariat. <laughs> Well, there was that guy who, I forget the guy's name, but he looks such, looks such a dirty, rotten bastard, <laughs> who had worked shoot fights with Ken Shamrock in Japan. He came back over here when Shamrock was a big deal in the UFC and says, I beat him. And <laughs> was technically true, but he didn't say, by the way, it was worked. No. Well, holy fuck, you beat Ken Shamrock? He looked like a darts player. <laughs> One doesn't lie. One should just be ecumenical with the truth. I beat Ken Shamrock. Now, there is more detail to yeah. that story. A backgammon. But yeah, I haven't told you all the details about the backgammon game we played. All you heard is I beat Ken Shamrock. You can interpret that how you wish. Yep. Enrico Constantino defeated AJ Styles in the game of Medal of Honor, Allied Assault. <laughs> Rico has no gayness or sideburns yet, but AJ gets to land on his feet after attempting the German suplex and also lands his sweet drop kick. Nice. Styles tries a moonsault but ends up kicking Rico instead. Well, fair enough. But then Styles lands the shooting star press to the outside very nonchalantly. Uh, crowd goes, bloody hell, like. And then Rico pins him with a backdrop suplex. But, mm. uh, so they're watching AJ do all of this and they're going, ooh, Rico. Mm. <laughs> Wrestling's fucking weird, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And speaking of which, on Sunday Night Heat, 
Uh, Final Venus comes out. Now I have to bring back my uh, Selma voice. <clears throat> this is near enough what he says. It's great to be on MTV because when he gets unplugged. <laughs> oh, that hurts so much. Matthew Greg just choked on his own Val Venus. Freezing. <laughs> it's Wembley all over uh, again. He'll totally fulfill someone's request live for 120 minutes. <laughs> he'll slip your knot and he'll stain your underpants. <laughs> Didn't say that last he'll bit. put you in dire straits. He'll shasta McNasty you. He'll show you his uh, crib. And then he gets um, some women in from the crowd to kiss him. Whatever. Uh, the Godfather <laughs> pinned Lance Storm in three minutes with a, a reverse shoulder breaker. That's about human trafficking. Ooh. Only cool when the Godfather does it. <laughs> Weird, he's changed. You can answer this. Weird, he's changed his finisher. Oh, was that Papa Shango's finisher? I don't remember him ever winning a match on TV. That was Papa Shango's finisher. I wondered. So when he was the Godfather, he changed it to the Pimp Drop, That's which right. is the Death Valley Driver. Mm-hmm. So it's in. I was so when you said like he won with the shoulder break, I was like, oh, he's bringing that back. Maybe I wonder whether is there anybody on the roster that has a Death Valley Driver like finish currently? No, I think they stopped doing it. It was one of those moves that they said, "How about people get dropped on the head and neck less?" Yeah. So they were, yeah. So they were going. Yeah, pile driver type maneuvers were out of fashion. And as far as I know, I can't think of anybody else that did the DVD after this. So, <laughs> no, no. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I mean, there's one lad who will do one, but he won't do it for about a year or so. Cool. So you're fine. Suspense. Mm. Billy and Chuck defeat Funaki and Bad Crash dude. in five minutes. I thought, wow, Crash holding Funaki teaming up. Crash has his Sunday night heat face on. And Funaki, well, he always looks like that. He's happy to be here. Uh, DDP pinned European champion Christian in an untitled match with a diamond cutter. Crowd loves DDP. No, really. Mm. They really like him. So last week and the week before that, DDP beat boss man no longer big. And we were like, is he supposed to be fucking face? Yes, he is. Yes. Crowd loves him. Without so, a doubt. Uh, Lenin Garcia then sings the Yank Anthem. Which I've put down is, of course, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. <laughs> and this is the time the person recording the thing from a satellite feed checks the settings as the menu appears on screen. <laughs> What's uh, the, did he change any of the settings? I hope he did that while stood up and saluting. <laughs> did he change and then say, like, yeah, yeah? He put the volume down. Oh, uh, just... oh no. The brave. All right, back up, back up. Yeah, boop, 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 boop. Sadly, there's no beeping and booping. Uh, Michael Cole is told off as he sits down for looking miserable as he yells at chair on the headset, hey, I was smiling, while Lola complains about the smell again. If JR has room to tell people to smile more. Yeah. As Tony Chimmel prepares the crowd, Lola tells a kid behind him, yeah, yeah, I'll give you autograph after the show, I'm working now, before telling Cole he'll be gone by then, quote, it's a lesson to learn early in life. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> hell. If it'd been, if it'd been, a, if it'd been a fucking 18-year-old girl with a, with her tits out. 18-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, get your bus pass, Granny. Just trying to be polite. We got a lovely dramatic video showcasing Vince McMahon versus Ric Flair from the Rumble with lots of blood. And lots of telling us to be the man, you gotta beat the McMahon. Vince and Raw says he did not lose. Flair lost. Every wrestler lost. Every fan lost. Because Vince is about to do something even he'll regret. Oh, 
you'll see. And I'll put music that's supposed to sound dramatic, but sounds more like something from the seventh guest, please. As Vince warns us, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, weird. <sort laughs> not, of, not a good music choice weird here. Weird suspense C type music <laughs> choice for this segment. <laughs> like whether or not it was supposed to foreshadow his, his mania. This yeah, week. I guess. Maybe, but it was an odd choice. Yeah. And a witty wee, witty, whoa. Brings us to SmackDown, emanating from the North Charleston, South Carolina Coliseum, in front of 8,428 people. Uh, Stone Cold versus Booker T is our main event in a winner gets Jericho No Way Out match. Wow, who's going to win that? Mm-hmm. Also, Kurt versus Rock with a bit more suspense. Fantastic. But right now, it's RVD. No, but- no, no. It's, so it's, it's a mini tournament. Oh, is it? So oh. it's it's Austin oh, versus it's Austin versus right. Booker and Rock versus Angle. The winners face each other on Raw, and the winners of that match face Jericho at No Way Out. Bollocks! A mini tournament. Yes, yeah, I think I played myself then, being a bit too uh, clever. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. But right now it's RVD versus the Intercontinental Champion Regal in a non-title match. Lola asks if it's in RVD's contract that he has to ha- have his name announced in that. Way, so that was nice. We get reminded Regal KO'd RVD two weeks ago on Raw. On this week's Raw, Edge used Regal's nooks, but Nick Patrick spotted it and DQ'd him. So Edge attacked Nick and then speared two more refs before being scored out the arena with a smile on his face. Cole hypes up that we haven't seen this side of Edge before, and we won't see it tonight either, as Edge ain't here. Okay. He said, I see where this kid is coming from. And I think it's funny to hear Michael Cole talking about Edge as a kid. kid. Knowing that Cole called, like, his last match on SmackDown. Yeah. Many years later. I liked it. Yeah. Avidi delivers Rolling Thunder, kicks Regal, and then delivers the five-star. And yes, that's the match. That's it. The Raw recap lasted longer. Oh, but then Edge spears Regal by entering via the crowd. The refs come to chase him away, but Edge exits via the crowd. But... They still play his music, the Sinister Surge. How does that work? I put too quick to care. <laughs> it was really they were the commentators were just warming up because they were still talking about what happened on Raw mm. as Van Damme was pinning him. Like, wow. I liked it. Yeah. It was it was just Van Damme catching Regal unawares. Uh, we're not gonna get that match for a little bit, but it certainly foreshadows that Van Damme might have Regal's number. Yeah. And Edge pops up as well, so it's just a bad night all round for, for Regal. Bloody hell. Bloody, bloody. And then even worse, it says backstage he sneezed. It looked like the lift scene from The Shining. <laughs> oh, God. His nose is fucked again. Hey. Hey, funny. Oh, we got a backstage video of Vince sat down looking at the camera, but also slightly to the side. He asks us, you don't think he has the guts? Vince is going to regret it. Vince knows he's going to regret it, but he's still going to do it. It's my inner monologue while ordering a palmo. <laughs> Crowd uh, a bit confused, but uh, as I as I was, but we'll get more of this as we go on. We have five in total tonight mm. of segments of Vince McMahon just spiraling into mania. Yeah, uh, and, is he and, talking to someone? Is he talking to someone else? Why is he? Why is the camera looking that way? Mm. All the answers will be well on this show, obviously. Duh. <laughs> no, we have to listen to the Attitude Era podcast, obviously. Obviously, uh, satellite feed. The WF slam of the week is Halo, as in. Halo, boss man, as Kishi shoves his ass in Ray Trailer's face at the Rumble. Kishi's ass is almost as, bad, almost as big as the Xbox console. <laughs> I 
<laughs> no, which I'd rather play on. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking hate the Xbox. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get Rikishi versus the big boss. Sorry, boss man. Stop calling him big. I'm He's sorry. not big no more. Rikishi pinned the normal-sized man. The normal-sized yeah. boss man. <laughs> and it's not for Jackie. Uh, showing up as the ref. War Jackie. According to Cole, she's applied for her manager's license. Uh, right now, they'll let anyone ref, so she's doing it here. I don't know why he said, well, she's got her manager's license. This is not a manager role, Cole. This is blatantly a referee. <laughs> yeah, like you, I don't know why he said that. It's a weird one to go, well, she had a manager's license, so therefore that's she should be a ref. <laughs> yeah, it's like going, well, I've got my plumber's license, so I'm going to go and fix the cables in your switchboard. Yeah. Like, right. no, different disciplines, you weirdo. Yeah. It's just a nice chance to get Jackie on TV more because we're averaging one women's match per week. So let's find something else for another woman. And Jacqueline has a referee license. Exactly. Now. Well done, AEW. Mm. Bossman doesn't get the memo on the steel steps supposed to be mega heavy and simply scoops them up with ease. <laughs> and then somehow misses Kishi anyway. He is a cruiserweight after all. Bossman yells at Jackie, who stops Bossman from choking away but then does the same for Kishi because she's impartial. Bossman lands the go-outside-and-touch-grass-and-also-opponent's-face move as commentators talk about anything else in the world, even the new crappy season of Buffy. Kishi very generously takes the Janetti cell for running elbow before coming back with an earthquake stomp. Oh, that was nice. I recall Kishi doing many of them. Banzai drop finishes. Crowd loved it. Replay focused on Rikishi's ass. Perfectly acceptable match thanks to the crowd going banana. God, they're loud tonight. Yeah, they're a good crowd tonight, and, and which helped this match immensely. Uh, it was just a chance to make Rikishi look good against Bossman. I think Bossman's Boss Man, Boss already cooked in this company's return, isn't he? Yeah. Like, they, was, they had one idea for him to come back, and it was to help Booker... In a, in a losing effort against Steve Austin, and they've already done that. And it's like, what else? He's, he's not. The thing is, having Bossman back, he is a capable wrestler, and and he's a veteran. So could we maybe utilize him with younger talent to an extent? Yeah, he can carry the bags to the ring, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good crowd, bad match. Uh, it's, you know that story about was it the Iron Sheet got signed to the NWA and then their contract renewed accidentally so they had to pay him for another year because they yeah. got to cancel it. Like, what's happened to jobs? And they couldn't even do them. That's <laughs> how so I felt watching this. <laughs> On Raw, Stephanie talked to Triple H and told him to go beat The Rock. Steph's like, I point at stuff and you destroy things. Go do it. Triple H tells Steph, the world doesn't revolve around you. Steph does not take it well. So Triple H asks her to shut up and walks off. Crowd likes that. There was a bit of so, foreshadowing here because as Stephanie was shouting at Trips, going like, oh, you do, 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 do. Like shouting over. Trips is playing with his wedding ring. Oh. Like he's, 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 he's not taking it off, but he's moving it up his finger and then putting it back down again. Like, so he's, he's playing with his wedding ring. Which is a nice little... little well done, Tom. Forward. I did not spot that. Sometimes I'm quite good at my job. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know what? That is rare, rare fucking subtlety from Paul Levesque. Because yeah. in another lifetime, you're like, oh, I'm going to take my wedding ring off and no, I won't. I'll put it back on. Rare fucking subtlety from Paul Levesque, who basically is as subtle as a hammer. A sledgehammer, ironically. So it uh -huh. was. I enjoyed that. That was a nice little nod to things that are coming up. 
Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Backstage on SmackDown, Lillian drinks coffee next to Stephanie McMahon, and she seems concerned. Steph is so insulted by this, she dumps hot coffee over poor Lily. Mm -hmm. Steph gloats, and Lillian sounds like she's dissolving, like that one guy who drives his van into that thing in RoboCop. <laughs> oh, yeah. That gave me nightmares as a kid. Fucking hell. <laughs> Why did I type it? No, no. Eddie! Help, help. Ah. Yeah, anyway, that, that was Lillian. She's dead now. Couldn't believe OCP were running the cops. <laughs> They who'd have thought it? Yeah, who'd have thunk it? Tag Team Champions Taz and Spike Dudley defeat Albert and Scotty Too Hoddy. Why have I done the result first? Well, I'm just organised, I guess. Taz and Spike have new music. Cypress Hills, Just Another Victim. And it sucks, I've put here. Ah, uh, see, on the network version, it is their old music still. Good. Aww. Good, I'm all right with that. I like Cypress Hill are all right, but, you know... Taz's theme was good enough to be recycled as Roman Reigns' theme. It's so. their, it's, oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's their, um, it's them utilizing the, it's from the WF Aggression album. So Is it Aggression? I don't uh, think it is. Forcible Entry? That's it's from one of the new, new ones. Oh, maybe that's coming up. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. So it's, so I think it's cross promotion with yeah. a new album. So they're going to give yeah. him that for a while. You are correct, sir. Well done. Mm -hmm. Spike has the, there was one before Forcible, oh, Forcible entry. No. Forcible entry. Damn it. There was aggression. No, it's not aggression. Forcible entry. The music volume. No, there's no. It's the, it's the one where the guy's on the front cover like that. Uh, and he's on. He's on. Face first. I'm gonna have a look. Ass up. I'm gonna have. As a man a should look. be. As you do that. Face down, booty up, timber. Spike has the Roddy Strong neck brace after Brutal 3D on the concrete. <laughs> so Spike's got a neck brace like he's bloody Roddy Strong. <laughs> so he's stiff. Speaking of which, you can buy tickets for No Way Out soon, and on this date at this place, you can see Stacey Keebler. Uh-huh. Taz applauds uh, Scott's moonwalking ability. He should be impressed. Okay. Spike and Albert tag in. Uh, Albert has Undertaker Survivor Series 2000 tights on again for some reason. <laughs> They're just sharing them out yeah. at the moment, aren't they? Albert giant swings Spike Dudley for a legit 20 seconds, which is very impressive. Taz has to make the save. Spike gets worked over by Scotty, and it's weird seeing Scotty be this dominant. You'd think there'd be a heel team for Spike and Taz to wrestle against. Did they realize that they only have the Duds and Chuckabilly? They can't beat Chuckabilly because they're pushing them, and they've already done the Dudleys to death, so it's this team instead. Scotty works away on Spike as half the crowd are chatting for Scotty. Wallace says, I can't think of a worse place for Spike to be right now, apart from Brooklyn. <laughs> Scotty misses a corner charge, so Taz, Taz plexes everywhere. Marlis a pops for the wee fat one. And a big pop for Scotty's worm, with Spike having to yank Hottie out, who were. Albert launches Spike across the ring, but he's used to that, so Albert gets the Dudley dog, and then Taz drags Scotty from the apron to the ring with a Taz mission to retain the titles. Bit of a bad idea here, having face versus face, because Taz and Spike are getting lovely crowd reactions, but Scotty Too Hottie is Scotty Too Hot right now. Mm -hmm. I thought, despite that, this was a really fun match. Yeah. I thought at one point Albert was going to turn on Scotty. Because they kind of they did a splash uh, onto Taz, and then Scotty did the bulldog, and then Albert was just at one point just behind Scotty as he was getting set up for the worm, and I was expecting Albert just to go, nah! oh, ye of little faith, Baron, but he didn't. And I and you know what? I'm gonna say it. Taz and Spike, fucking brilliant as a team. Mm. I think they've been brilliant. I've loved every bit of their tag reign so far. They've been. This is the best stuff Taz has ever done. In WWF. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Not ever, but in, <laughs> obviously ECW stuff was far and away, but in terms of what we're working with in the WWF, this is the best stuff he's ever done. 
You're probably right. Yeah. In terms of crowd reaction and success and everything else, yeah. That and hey, Lola. <laughs> I'm blind like GR. That was also very fun. But I digress. God, what did he say one time on commentary? Do you remember? No, I want to slap country. you in the oh. face, but it looks like God beat me to it. Actually, I take it back. The tag title reign's great. That line <laughs> to Jim Ross was fucking great. Hey, mother of God. This is great. God says. Yeah. What are they going to do? Sack you? Fuck it. <laughs> um, Cypress Hill, Just Another Victim, featured on WWF Forcible Entry. Um, in terms of albums, so you had Anthology in 02, yeah, um, Forcible Entry in 02, uh, you had Aggression in 2000. The one you're thinking of maybe is Thematic. It's Thematic. Oh, Thematic. Yeah, but that oh, that's 04. But that won't be till 04, so we haven't had that oh, yet. Oh, I know what I'm thinking of. I think of the fucking the Tough Enough soundtrack. Ah, that might be it. But there was that'll be a bit later on though. They've done loads. You don't realize how many albums they've released. Yeah. Quite a few have been digital releases with Uncaged, where they've just they gone, don't count. They don't count, do they? I quite like Uncaged because you get all like they, they. Oh no, I do like them. So there was that song by uh, Harvest Moon. <laughs> Well done, Tom. Yep. It was incidental music. Yeah, it was a music. duet with Quest 64. Yeah, I remember. Now, it was incidental music that they used in Bray Wyatt and Undertaker's build package for WrestleMania. Last night I had a real bad dream that you left me. And they used it in I that. I had to I... plant the seeds so my children could eat. <laughs> but they used it in that, and I loved it, and they never released it anywhere. And then oh. they just casually dropped it onto an uncaged good, last year. And I went, fuck, it's great. Get in. Uncaged, WWE's way of saying, shut up, you nerds. Yeah, the, <laughs> it, you know what? It is. Yeah. It's shut up, you nerds. Here's fucking incidental music from <laughs> In Your House, It's Time, 97. Yeah. And he's like, can we have the first version of Regal's theme? Sure, here you go. No, that's actually the second. What? Thank you, fine. Is that's it? the second. Oh, yeah, you're right. Here's the first. Yay! <laughs> like, so My website's life. like, finally, after 15 years, you have a good quality uh, a copy of this. Uh, I can finally hear it. Oh, God, I'm so alone. <laughs> Ever just sat around with their like their hot coffee, just you know, put the phone on silent, just let me enjoy the splendor. Not since Stratovarius have I heard such a thing. Anyway, Stephanie annoys Triple H backstage with her burning coffee exploits and tells Triple H to pay more attention to her as she's a McMahon. Her father, Vince McMahon, Triple H pops up, is an asshole. <laughs> Big pop. Triple H rightfully reminds Steph of all the bad things Vince has done, including when Vince told her to send Triple H to the glue factory and get another husband. <laughs> Triple H married Steph despite her surname. Triple H says, your father never thought I was good enough for you. Steph says, maybe he was right. And Triple H storms off. Hang on. We already did the Emmerdale summary. Oh, he's done him. Go ahead. I got it wrong, by the way. This is the segment where Triple H is teasing taking the ring off. Not the first one. This one is. And no, this is the segment where you think about taking Steph's head off. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's. A, I think we all are at that point. Is it a monologue? Just Lariato. <laughs> Shoot Lariat. Say, like, I should go to Old Japan. <laughs> Triple H in Old Japan. And now keep going. You can only come here if you could fight these ten men yeah. for real. It's all right, my best mate fought 10 fucking sailors. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Triple H beats Marco Krokop with the pedigree. 
<laughs> shoot pedigree, no less. Inoki going, yes, I knew it. Finally. <laughs> shoot Finally, someone who gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, on this speed, uh, maybe they become aware of the people listening in, but they've reduced the volume of the in-between bits. Aww. So it's very hard to hear what Colin Lawler are moaning about now. Lawler does an insert where he says, in Brooklyn, they don't serve Happy Meals. <laughs> Glad he got that one out of systems. That's something he'd say in the pre-recorded episode that they then insert earlier on. And Lawler was just really happy with that line. He says, no, I didn't get it. I need to do my, my happy line. I, <laughs> I need that in the match. I need it like you don't know. Check, 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 check the record. <laughs> he thought it was special. <laughs> he did. Rock is interviewed by Coachman, but Rock gets annoyed with Coachman, apparently bored during the promo. So Rock makes him dance the Charleston. Rock asks the people, and the people want it. The people believe in you, coach. Go on, coach. Dance for the people. Coach does it while Rock yells, Yeah, Charleston, yeah. Before, like, coach, like, turns around and <laughs> Rock just kicks his ass off the screen. He goes, Get out of the camera, you sick freak. <laughs> Rock recaps the rumble. Reminds us Vince tapped quicker than Shirley Temple on ice cream sandwich. Yes. Also, Jericho still sucks, but it's okay because Rock is going to WrestleMania to make it eventful. He was right there. If you smell, I put a decent rock promo here, but nothing special because nothing was beating the Charleston. That was fucking great. Coach just threw himself <laughs> into that. Rock keeps on like peer pressuring people into doing stuff. You had the promo cut angle a few weeks. Angle, shut your eyes. Okay, imagine The Rock versus Angle at WrestleMania. Ooh. Kurt <laughs> Angle looking great. Yes, yes, I do. I like this. <laughs> and then I win. No. What? No, I don't like this. <laughs> And this week he's just, he's like Jim John. What's the name? Jim Jones? Jim Jones. Yeah. I got that name right. Who's Jim Jones? Bollocks. Um, Jim Jones Jonestown. Bollocks. Jonestown. Maybe people drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, know. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I he's know also Kit and the Simpsons for some reason. <laughs> anyway. He's, he's a proper little gaslighter, isn't he, Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> proper little gaslighter. Do the uh, thing. No, Rock. Do the thing. Oh, well, you've told me twice. So Why do did you do the thing? <laughs> Jim, uh, Jonathan Coachman was on the two-man power trip and he spoke about his working relationship with The Rock. Sorry, no, because what's the two-man power trip? It's a podcast uh, hosted by two people and they get random people on. <laughs> I don't know, there's like... There's, like Tom they, will never say, I have no fucking clue. They do, they do, a, they do a grand job, uh, but there's so many fucking podcasts out there. So it's not the I'm aware this is adding to the pile, not solving the problem. So it's not Triple H in Austin. It's sadly not. Oh. No. I think it's probably Keith and Allen. <laughs> the team of Keith Allen. I have heard them before, and, and they have a lovely bit of patter. I'm sorry I can't remember any beyond that. I'm a big fan of Rico yeah. and Ron Waterman's podcast. <laughs> Go on, Tom. It's called H2. No! Oh. Okay, uh, so on the relationship the coachman had with The Rock, he said, um, it was a good one. So basically, um, he says, I'd walk into the process and I'd say, here is how I think I can add to it. And here's how the collaboration process would work. It would be the three of us in the corner of a room and then he, then The Rock would go out and work out. So the three being uh, the coach, The Rock, and Brian Watts, who was the writer for most of The Rock's stuff. Well done for getting his name right, by the way. Mm. Because I wrote his book. It 
I read it on Twitch and people going, shut up, Matthew, read anything else. <laughs> they weren't It did not go down well. But he said, yeah, it's not good wits, it's good wits. Brian Gowards, yeah. Um, so they'd all sit together and then The Rock would then go, okay, that's fine, I'm going to go work out. The Rock would go and do a workout. He'd eat five chicken breasts and then uh, they'd do it live later on. So The Rock never had a minute to breathe. Every part of his day was spoken for, but you can't fault somebody for going to the gym for an hour and a half when you look like him. Yeah, so it would. So Coach would always come in and just be like, I'm up for doing stuff if Rock wants to do stuff. And then he he and Brian would chat and the Rock would join them. They'd, they'd iron something out. Then Rock would go, okay, cool, we'll do that later. I'm off to the gym. And then Rock would come back and they'd do it live. They'd normally do it in one take and there you go. So Rock was a very busy man when he got there because he was doing, you know, he's even busier now. Bless him, now he's back on the telly. Thank you for that, Tom. Thank you. And please check out the two-man power trip. Please do. Keith and Alan. Yeah. <laughs> they are good. I don't want to be a dick. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. More of Vince talking to himself and explaining how bad the WF has it, describing it as having terminal cancer. The WF is slowly going to die under Ric Flair. Vince keeps saying, you know what you have to do. It's not clear he's talking to himself just yet. These are well done for the mother of all shocks if you weren't reading Powerslam magazine like I was. <laughs> Stacker 2 presents Val Venus talking to Austin and then taking a stunner. What? No, not the crowd chant. I mean, what? <laughs> Whatever. Stacker 2 something something dick penis. <laughs> I feel like these aren't... the. St- I don't think that the slam of the week and the whatever of the week is truly indicative of quality. I feel like now they are just, here's how we transition into the next match. Here's a way of doing a recap, Mm. but get paid to do it. (laughs) Like the fact that the slam of the week was bloody Rikishi giving Boss Man a stink face in the rumble. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is just a sponsored re- recap. Yeah. One week they're going to do the Slam of the Week is the upcoming advert. The Xbox Slam of the Week <laughs> is the Clearasil advert coming up. <laughs> Booker T versus Steve Austin. 
The commentators are barely audible during Steve's entrance, but we do hear that Steve has already declared his admittance into the Rumble 2003. <laughs> uh, about that. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Michael Cole is like, Booker is all seriousness here. Since when? I've put down. Booker smacks Austin and Steve gives him that, oh, you want to like that, do you? Before selling for Booker for five seconds. And then Austin slumps a womp ass in him or whatever it was he says. Womp ass? That's not a right. A womp ass? I think, I'm, I think I was a bit tired during Ooh, that. Ooh, a womp ass. That could be some sort of weird animal. Booker finally comes back with a Manhattan drop and a clothesline to the outside. But Austin is so crazily dominant right now. As Booker works over Austin's knee, Cole sandbags Lawler. Uh, his line about a one-legged man and ass-kicking contest. So Lola says, I'm going to start calling you peanut butter because you drive me nuts. <laughs> Austin comes back, so Booker cuts him off with a scissors kick, a womp-ass scissors kick, which makes sense if you think about it. <laughs> what? Booker cuts him off with a scissors kick, which makes sense. Uh, I said, did you bring your scissors? <laughs> You can write it, but you can't make it work. Math, I, I, I always like to bring this up, just in case you're new here. Math, you will write his notes. He will then have his mind wiped by the little device <laughs> from Men in Black and then read his notes again. Yeah, 17, 17 hours of wrestling will take place this week. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Who's Booker yeah, T? Yeah, we watch a lot of fucking wrestling. <laughs> you know, because of Which one was Booker T? Was he the pirate? <laughs> Booker continues to work over Austin's knee, but he's such a badass, no one feels like chanting for him because they know he doesn't need their help. DTA motherfucker out there. <laughs> and I've just put midway through the match with a random thought. This is why I always like Rock more. Austin Lutez presses uh, Booker, but he lands the Spinneroonie axe kick for two anyway, which sets up the scissor kick for two because Booker sucks. Booker tries for a stunner, so Austin stunners him instead, and that's how it ends. Due to the pre-match stipulations, Austin advances to a qualifying match on Raw. Haha, I was paying attention. The winner of which would face Chris Jericho at No Way Out. Cole to, to JR says, Wow, what a hell of a match that was, JR, if you say so. No believably uh, to book a winning. Sorry, but hey, it's Austin doing Austin things, so there's something nice to be said there. What sayeth you, Tom? I enjoyed it. I feel like this is the match that we should have got at the Rumble. But maybe an extra five, ten minutes on top of it. Two seconds. Is there some people... Uh, there's, is it there's, good yelling or bad yelling? My smile says oh, it's always good yelling. Oh, it's good yelling, all right. Yeah, it's never bad yelling. Um, this is the match we should have had at the Rumble, yeah. without a doubt. Uh, Austin does a lovely spear, which yeah. he gives us in here as well. Well, right now we don't have a bald goateed man on the roster with a spear. So, <laughs> so yeah, we've got to find one. Um, isn't it funny, obviously, the line there about Austin's already declared for the 03 Rumble, mm. and it made me realise, holy shit... The guy who wins the 03 Rumble hasn't even debuted yet. It's crazy, isn't it? I, like this, the, the rise that we won't see because it's mainly on Raw of one particular mm -hmm. person until they come over this way. Uh, yeah, he's, he does go over SmackDown very quickly in his run, though. So yeah, that to look forward to. Oh, of course, he's on SmackDown all the time. It's okay, he? Tom. We get loads of him. I've, I, I miss, I misstepped. I missed, yeah. I missed. If it's Kenny Kashin and he shows up on SmackDown. <laughs> Backstage, Ric Flair is being Ric Flair, dancing with a backstage interviewer and wooing and whying and lawsuiting everywhere and saying nothing of note. No ordinary backstage interviewer, I'll have you it know. Who was it? Fucking Charmel. Oh, hello, Charmel. All hail King Booker! It's Booker's wife. Oh, hello, Booker's wife. Yeah, Charmel. What's it like being married to a pirate? 
Why is, is that he, a lonely life? Why is he a pirate? Many games are backgammon. No? <laughs> he comes back every 10 years. That's when the ghost ship comes back. <laughs> yeah, Charmel's a backstage interviewer here. It's lovely. Oh. She's good. At, she's good. Obviously, she'll do so much more and she'll be so much cooler. But I like her as a backstage interviewer here. Yes. Flooded nothing. <laughs> the Dirty Boys versus Kane and Big Show in a tables match. Big Show gets a bigger pop than Kane. Proof that sympathy does work sometimes. <laughs> Oof, Matthew. Flipping. And yeah, Stacey Keebler is still with the Dudleys, so I was wrong that one week, and I'm paying for it still, like Titus World Slide. <laughs> the Dudleys land the backdrop neckbreaker that JR liked to call the 3D, but wasn't. Show gets flapjacked, of course it's food, but Kane <laughs> moves the table so nothing happens. <laughs> Big Show crotches Kane. I only do moves that are named after food! Flapjack, bulldog, bulldog, <laughs> burger slam, <laughs> cheeseburger slam, hoist and crispy owl DDT, bon 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 What other moves are food or something? I know, I can't think of anything. Flying <laughs> burger. I know, that's I all I can think, think of burgers at the well. moment. Just complete crap. <laughs> <laughs> what a whopper. <laughs> what, a, what a podcast. Big Show crotches Kane. Put a two-man power trip on his set. <laughs> Big Show crotches Kane accidentally, <laughs> which the commentators miss because they'll talk about anything else. <laughs> and the crowd are into this. So it's on USA, USA. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously cheering for American Dudleyville. So Big Show choke slams Devon. Bubba moves the table out the way. So Show Irish whips Bubba, but Bubba accidentally sends him into Kane, who is on the apron, and Kane sails into a table at ringside. Ding, ding, ding. Kane waits a second, then mouths off at Show for being a big fat mess. <laughs> Eventually, Sergeant Slaughter, who is also a big fat mess, has to wade out with the refs and whatnot to maintain some order. Anyway, Kane does his backwards over the ropes escape thing, forgetting there's bits of table there, and then he lands on it. His knee lands on one of the legs. He's like, I'm not like such a badass doing this. Oh no, uh, there's bits of table. Another here. day, another bump on my knee. <laughs> this was funny. Yeah, this was the dumb, stupid USA chance must have been for Dudleyville. Yeah. Because Kane's from parts unknown and Big Show's from the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, he went table for one. Big Show went, oh boy. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Most people like to, most wrestlers like to gig during big matches. Big Show likes to bib. Oh, yeah, Dudley Boys win via clumsiness, I put in my notes. <laughs> it's like a bad 80s cartoon. I'm the first clumsy one. <laughs> Whoops, I Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. I hope they stay as a bumbling tag team. Yeah, every week just do this. <laughs> Hold my mother's precious vase, yeah. Big Show. Okay. Whoops. Oh, no. Step, step toe and son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, step to on fat son of a bitch. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Fat toes and son. 
Meanwhile, Vince continues to talk about WF dying and cancer and dead people. And I thought, man, fuck this. I just like whenever a term like cancer is used in wrestling because IRL people have had that. Yeah. I know I don't equate fake dumbass promos with it. Vince cries because he made Matthew feel bad and then says, eh, that's too damn bad. Wow, I was a bit miserable writing this. But yeah, I don't know. It can take me out. Maybe it's just me being a bit... Take it too seriously. But yeah, like, Vince. Just Vince going, cancer, cancer, dead. I'm like, all right, mate. Oh, eh. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, these segments are a lot. Uh, Vince really showcases his range during these as just pulling mental faces at the camera and like the, sobbing and then snapping out of it and looking wild eyed. And like, this is Vince having a nervous breakdown yeah. for, an, for two hours he's, he's with some one. wrestling around it. Yeah, basically, Tom. Yeah, and you are right. Yeah, Vince's ability as a performer is all over the chart here. Mm -hmm. Look at my range. Mm -hmm. My range. I can go from insane to fucking insane. And that's before we start recording. <laughs> anyway, Goldust Shattered Dream Productions presents a 1996 Goldust promo where he mm. quotes film again. An affair to remember. Bloody hell. is as up to date as RJ City is. <laughs> fucking affair to remember. <laughs> Goldust is back for another take. Ah, oh, he's so Agent Street, it hurts. Whisper, whisper, have ever ever Goldust puff, 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 puff. <laughs> Then we see that Chuck and Billy are watching and saying, hey, he's different, all right. Billy says Chuck's hair is cool. Cool like them. They say no one's as cool as them. And then Chuck gets spanked. We're getting there. We're getting there. To go back to the Goldust thing, um, this is obviously like... A, a throwback to his old character. They're sort of re resetting him a little bit. Yeah. Well, a lot a bit. Because last time we saw him, he was the artist formerly known as Goldust. Or just coming off the other back, off the back of that, he yeah. yeah, he'd be, he, Dustin Runnels would be a religious uh, character. And then he came back as Goldust. And then he was feuding with the Blue Meanie. And Blue yeah, Meanie that's was, where we left him, just being kind of, hey, it's Goldust. Yeah. So they've just, they've very much done a hard reset on what Goldust is about here. Figure four say that uh, Terry, former Terry Runnels, now Terry Boatwright, uh, got married the other week. But in but just before her wedding, she was lobbying for WWF to bring Dustin back. So obviously they're, nice. they're on good terms still. It wouldn't last. No. More on that later on. More on that later. Kurt Angle talks to coach... <laughs> Sorry again, Matthew. <laughs> Kurt Angle talks to coachman. Angle does his best to ignore the what chance, reminding everyone that he is an Olympian. If you don't believe us, you can see on the documentary, on the documentary, Jesus, Matthew, on the network, the documentary about him breaking his neck and then carrying on because he's mental. I realize now as I'm watching Kurt Angle, there's a lot of Niles Crane, Fraser's brother, in Kurt. Ooh, that's a nice reference. Yeah. Kurt Angle can't get two sentences out before needing to pace, <laughs> as in walk back and forth because he's getting so annoyed. What is ruining his life? Say what again, and Kurt's leaving. Crowd says, what? He goes, okay, fine, bye. And he leaves. Oh, that's the end of the promo. He's a man of his word. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, fine, fuck it, bye. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and a gay little laugh there. That's how much I enjoy it. <laughs> I like your gay little laugh there. Thank you. Because <laughs> it's a real laugh as well. So yeah. They're all real laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Cole and Lawler do a read-through of their UPN Buffy promo, and Cole laughs how shit it is. Oh, well, the read or the show? Ooh, I mean, it's, uh. there's some good episodes of Buffy, and this is not one of them. Buffy is working in a fast food place, and Lola's like, does she meet her match? Get it? 
And then they're laughing about it. Okay, now. UPN Buffy's like Diesel era WF. <laughs> it is just funny hearing them go like this dog shit, this, yeah. <laughs> wow, Buffy on next is like really hamming it up. Bless him. Poor bastards. Trish the Champ with No Respect is sponsored by Blockbuster, Xbox, and Clearasil. Hey, I got nothing. I can't even say the bloody word. <laughs> Blockbuster, Trish. Xbox, and Clearasil. Hey, Spotty, go rent an Xbox game. Like we said, we have nothing. We have nothing. Trish takes on Jazz. Non-title, and Trish has a hand broken courtesy of Jazz. Jazz just destroys Trish with ease and suplexes, throwing her out the ring like Ken Penders being escorted out the arch office. <laughs> Very topical for O2, Matthew. Well oh, then. mate, we do nothing but topical material. Yes. Jazz doesn't care about a non-title match and concentrates on hurting Trish more by arm-barring her and ignoring the ref for the DQ. So Jazz beats her up some more after the match. Hey, it's baby steps for other wrestlers, but a triple jump for the women's division. I like this. Yeah, this felt like some good progression. Jazz just looks great. Jazz is here to to change it up big style, and she is a very much a threat to Trish. I don't know. I don't think Trish is going to have that belt for much longer. No if memory serves. Makes sense. Yeah, did a good job building her up. Vince talks to someone at a weird angle about not doing the thing. Then Vince comes. It's he talks be. about how good it feels to come. <laughs> Lola says, this is weird, and the crowd laughs. If Lola thinks it's weird, then we've got a problem. Uh, yeah, it's, he's, he, he is imagining how good it will feel when he, he does what he has to do. And it, we've still not made it, it's still not being made clear what it is that he has to do and what he's going to do. But uh, as a, he makes, a, he, he has a face that is akin to that one that Dark Side Phil accidentally <laughs> did. <laughs> Carrie's been on the whole time, huh? Hello. <laughs> Fucking hell. Great I don't know what I would say if I was caught wanking. I'm just thinking about what Dark's like, the, that bit yeah. of DSP where he's just like, oh, the camera's on. Camera's been on the whole time. Hello. I don't know whether I just go, sorry, I was having a big wank. Yeah. <laughs> I feel he's like... He's not going up to you, like, because... Yeah, I think you get out a, It's less of a story. If you go, oh, no, I didn't say, so, yeah, you did. But if you go, yeah, I had a big wank. Yeah, I think if you get out in front of it and go, sorry, I was having a wank and the camera was on. <laughs> My bad. Either. It's your fault for being here. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't know. It's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. It I, quite says, says quite clearly at the top of the stream, Matthew has a big wank. So, yeah. So, I, and uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. In fact, now it's going to suck when it happens now, one now day. Now I know you're watching. I'm going to have another one. This is the audio people are going to use when it ha happens to one of us. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. It well, will. if you all listen to Call It Classic Smackdown review, you'd know that Matthew and Tom were threatening this. We, yeah. We were, we were hiding in plain sight, like all great monsters. Yeah. Hiding in plain sight like the world where greyhounds drive greyhounds <laughs> that get worked on by other greyhounds. <laughs> this mad world sponsors Jericho losing the walk on Raw. <laughs> I like the idea that it's a multiverse yeah. that sponsors a wrestling segment. Have you, have you considered living here? Uh, the greyhounds. I, I want the story of oh. like the greyhounds that work there. Like I want to see a longer version of that advert where the greyhound that's under the bus is just like, right, I'm off. I'm off Wednesday, so I'll see you Thursday. Cheers. And like you follow him home and he goes, yeah. he's like, Hi honey, I'm home. Yeah, did you did you um how was the day? Yeah, it was fine, thank you. Um my mother's coming around on Saturday, so oh, fucking great. Like I just want like the mundane life of the Greyhound yeah. family for a couple for a couple of hours. One Greyhound driver who's just like, No, I'm 
I know the bus is late, but I'm late getting in. I need to take my break. It's required by the Greyhound law. Yeah, yeah. One that's like very much like, look, this is the this is you know, the, the the wording of my contract says yeah. I have to finish at this time. Yeah. I don't care where I am. I have to finish at this time. Yeah. And they're like, well, look, we could just do with you on this occasion. Just maybe stay in an extra five minutes. No, my time is here. I've got nothing else to do tonight, but I finish at this time. I will work. I will act my wage, and I will leave now. Yeah. There you go. More power the Greyhounds. Act your wage. I like no. I act your wage is good. It's was that deliberate? No, it was. Um, it's a phrase I've heard on TikTok. I didn't. I didn't come up with it myself. I like that. The act idea, your wage. Yeah, act your wage. Where it's like if you're in a job that doesn't pay you well, but they they kind of crank the pressure on you to do yep. go above and beyond, and it's not something you want to go above and beyond for. Then you know what? Clock in, clock out. Take a lunch break. Go home. Yeah, act your wage and join act the Greyhound Union. Join the Greyhound Union. Fight the power. That's right. We have nothing to lo- we have nothing to lose but our leashes. <laughs> I put the Greyhounds can drive Jericho to the knacker's yard and leave him there. Oh, here he is himself. The, the, the one-man glue factory. Jericho's here to commentate. Jericho gets a mild reaction for his entrance. He's the Uwu champion. Kurt gets an okay reaction. Rock gets the earthquake. <laughs> Jericho reminds us he beat the Rock at the Rumble, because we've already forgotten about this and moved on. Jericho calls the Rock the Brahma baby and Cole has to politely ask Jericho to be quiet so he can do his serious commentary stuff. The Ubu champion of the world just got silenced by Michael Cole. Jesus. It's so, it's in every sense, it's emasculating of Jericho. The Rock versus Angle is always great, even with Jericho not showing up like it's AEW Rampage, (laughs) except someone's watching. Uh, Angle takes an amazing overhead belly to belly with Kurt intent on clearing the top rope. However, Kurt comes back with the Germans, with Rock holding on like, oh, here we go. See, this is exactly what I mean from the previous match. Kurt has got more tricks than Bowser's Clown Cup, so Rock has to sell and give the crowd a chance to get behind him. Lola asks Jericho for one of his shirts. Jericho says something about having to pay royalties. Oh, great. Jericho's main feud isn't The Rock or Austin or Triple H. It's with Larry Zabisco. <laughs> he says he's the living legend. Larry says, no, I'm the living legend. I stole that from Bruno. <laughs> oh, Jericho stops just long enough to sneak attack Rock outside. So Rock has to dig down deep to not tap out to Kurt's angle lock. He gets the ropes and makes a comeback with his DDT, but Rock gets him down again. Kurt gets momentarily distracted by the angle sucks chance and runs the ropes. So, oh, I love this. Rock kips up and sends Kurt over the ropes of his own momentum. The speed of which Rock was able to do that, the snap, the smoothness of him, it just is so fucking good he's right now. so bloody good. I'd say he's maybe his best, but I think he'd get even better later on in the year after doing some more reshoots or whatever it is he has lined up. The Rock smacks Jericho around and shoves Kurt's crotch into Jericho, then locks in the Scorpion King Deathlock. Kurt taps, but Jericho distracts, so Undertaker walks out to choke on the Rock, what? And Kurt successfully pins him to go to Raw to challenge Austin. We end the show with Austin wandering around backstage. No, we don't, because Vince McMahon finally Before reveals... we get there... Yeah, cool. I think I went too much there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were very excited to hit the finish line. I was, man. Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Um, I thought Rock and Angle had a good match. Very fun match. Rock was looking crisp and smooth. I enjoyed Jericho on commentary. Even after he got shushed by Michael Cole, he was still very funny. I like the part where he said, do you remember on Christmas Eve when I pinned Rock and Austin in one night at the same time? So like he's rewriting <laughs> history. And they're oh, going, I missed that. And yeah. they're going, I don't think that's how it happened. It happened. It's there. Christmas Eve. 
So Jericho is just rewriting history as he goes, and I fucking love him for it. Um, Undertaker of The Rock was something I didn't see coming, nor mm. is it something I'm massively interested in, but I think it's just giving The Rock something to do between now and Mania. Yeah. Because uh, there are there are irons in the fire for something for Mania for The Rock, but for now, he can fight The Undertaker. Oh, yeah, And then good. we get the Austin and Angle brawl backstage, and, and Angle, surprisingly, gets the upper hand yes. to end it. We do. Uh, that's how that that the satellite feed ends, but then mm. we go backstage. We do. Vince um, McMahon finally reveals, if anyone's going to kill my own company, it's going to be me. And he has this amazing voice that I can't even emulate. I've actually got... I've okay, got so if you can't emulate it, so oh, I would like you to read what Vince McMahon okay, yeah. says in the style of Puppet Jack. Oh. The WWF is going to die. <laughs> I know that. The WWF has cancer because of the Ric Flair. Ric Flair's gonna kill it. The kind of cancer Ric Flair gave that WWF is that slow eating kind of cancer. So what a knob. It's not quick. It's not gonna let Ric Flair kill what I created. Me. The WWF is mine. It's mine. I created it. I'm not gonna let Ric Flair kill what I created because I'm going to kill what I created. I'm gonna kill my creation. I'm gonna inject that WWF with a lethal dose of poison. If anybody's gonna kill my creation, I'm gonna do it. Me and the puppet check. The NWO. Yay! The fucking white. White. Vince spins around to reveal he's been talking to himself in a mirror this whole time. <laughs> and the chair has O-W-N on the back. So when it spins around and reflects in the mirror, it's NWO. Thank God. And there's a giant, oh shit, reaction from the crowd. Yeah. White. That was, I remember watching yeah. that and going, fuck! Uh-oh. That's a thing! It doesn't make any sense if you think about what the NWO was and is and etc. But it doesn't matter. The NWO? Oh, 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 oh. Now, in mind, Kushin, Kaiji Mudo. <laughs> and the other one, Kojima. Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray, Horace Hogan. Bear in mind that in order to ha get that effect, they would have indeed had to write yep. OWN on the back of his chair, which maybe maybe thinks Vince McMahon's me and the one, one warrior, warrior nation. nation. <laughs> Why do you think Hall and Nash were coming in? I'm bringing Warrior back. Um, and the disciple. <clears throat> anyway. The voice of Vince in this bit, I know you said you wouldn't yeah. do this. There was, it, for me, it's the word inject. I'm gonna inject. I'm gonna kill what I created, and then it's the the guttural, the fucking guttural. Damn yeah. you! Oh, like he was powering down. It's all muscle and sinew, it's like oh, a dog's dinner. Fuck it's me! It's such a staggering promo. Fucking, it is. It's, it's been... he's been working himself up the entire night to get this promo right, and it works so well. It's and again, brilliant. it is like a. All right, so what's the mystery? What's the why are we doing this promo? Oh, 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 oh hey, you know what? Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Bloody fuck. Fucking hell. Fucking bloody. To the observer we go. After over the past week, it is said that Vincent Mann has acquiesced to the majority of Kevin Nash's demands to come in. A lighter schedule and a job for Scott Hall being amongst them. It is said that Scott Hall's money will be slightly less than Kevin Nash's and less than what was reported here last week because he'd be given an even lighter schedule than Kevin Nash. 
That is being explained because he is a single parent with the custody of his children. It is a luxury that no other WWF wrestler has ever been given. Uh, McMahon has agreed to allow them to come in, Nash, Hall, and Hulk Hogan, using the NWO name. There had been some objection within WWF about using the name, even from Vince McMahon himself, less than a week ago, because it would come across as stealing an Eric Bischoff idea. And Lord knows, if you make something of yourself outside of the WWF, then you're nothing. So you have to come in and get rebooted, redesigned, rebuilt, and reclaimed. But no, NWO, a non-WWF idea being brought in wholesale to be part of the WWF. This is mental. For the foreseeable future, it will be Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall flying the flag for the New World Order. There is a strong possibility that they will be joined by Sean Waltman, who has been on the periphery of the World Wrestling Federation ever since the fall of 2001. And Lord knows he is delighted that his mates are back on the books. Mm -hmm. Going forward, there are some slightly larger plans for the group, uh, potentially uh, involving Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Now, Triple H is down to feud with the NWO. However, at the point that this episode of Nitro took place, whilst Hall Nitro. and Nash... Sorry, Nitro, fucking hell. Uh -huh. Raw, rather. He's it's just making sure you're paying attention. It's going to feel like Nitro in a bit. When uh, this episode yeah, of SmackDown yeah. was aired, right, Hall and Nash had signed. Hogan had yet to sign. He was due to sign that weekend. So they had a backup plan in the unlikely event that, that Hogan didn't come in Triple H would come in as a member of the NWO. Well, Triple H would, would turn heel and join the NWO, and Shawn Michaels would come with him, creating this sort of de facto NWO click instead. When the company plans to split their rosters in April, which is still the plan uh, for the WWE brand exchange, which we've not heard, uh, the brand split, which we've not heard mentioned on TV yet, but the plan is to have two touring brands that can go across the country at the same time. Uh, the NWO will be the exception to this, and according to early plans, they will be across both shows, just just being destructive and annoying. Uh, this allows them to be as big a personalities as they can possibly be and create something different across the shows, but also because they're working lighter schedules, then they are not uh, expected to be on all the house shows, so therefore the other brands will have major stars that will go up there instead. Hall and Nash are going to be working both sets of television and pay-per-view, as we've said. In the case of Kevin Nash, it would leave only one of three house shows per month maximum to work. Uh, now, which means obviously it's going to be a very light schedule for them. The next thing to look out for, even before a reslotting of talent, is how the front office situation develops. It is no secret that, that Hogan, Nash and Hall want to get as many as their own people into creative and managerial positions as possible. So not only is this these three powerful wrestlers coming in to, to, to have a slice of the wrestling pie in the WWF, but there's a strong chance that they are going to bring with them some behind-the-scenes people who can work with them there as well. There are people in a power position who are likely aware of what that means, particularly people like Gerald Briscoe, who is well-known, who's spoken strongly against the returns of Hogan, Nash, and Hall, as well as John Laurinaitis, who has frequently butted heads with Kevin Nash when he worked with him in WCW. So this is actually potentially potentially going to cause some changes behind the scenes as well. But we will see how that plays out in the weeks to come. But the main thing from this moment on SmackDown, holy fuck, is the new, new, new world order. Yeah. This is the, this is where we're going. This mm. is like, huh, what are the plans for WrestleMania? Oh, uh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Here we can. And in case you haven't guessed, the plan uh, going forward is to see them debut on the February pay-per-view, which is conveniently called, called No Way Out, which has the same initials as the New World Order, which is, uh, crazy. Acor- according to Bruce there. Pritchard, just a very happy accident. Right. Very happy accident. It wasn't plans to call it. wasn't wasn't called that because of them coming in. It was just a convenience. Because No Way Out generally tends to be the February pay-per-view anyway. Yeah. So... Just happy convince, happy what a winky dink. What a winky dink. Fuck yeah. I remember being being very excited about this. Mm-hmm. This is a big old deal. And that was SmackDown. What was something you were back to the fucking Vince <laughs> promo? We know it? Just it forget was it. Yeah. NWO. Yeah, there's we've... nothing else that's going to be top of that. What was something you forgot about this episode? Uh, I tell you what I forgot from it. Uh, I forgot the Booker Steve Austin match because I've been on this podcast complaining that we never got a blow off to the Booker Austin feud that we should have yep. got at the Rumble. I was like, oh holy shit, they had a match on SmackDown the following week. Yeah, well there you go. Not I'd rather have been on pay per view. But mm. and Booker even had some offense in on Austin. Probably the most offense he's had in one match. In fairness, but mm-hmm. he didn't have that you know big boss man <laughs> thing. <laughs> Not big. Sorry, boss, boss man. man. Medium sized. <laughs> Ven- not a venti boss man anymore. Small child. Harry. <laughs> Regular boss man. <laughs> what about you? What have you forgotten? <laughs> Kane and Big Show was the Fuckle Brothers. <laughs> the Fuckle Brothers! <laughs> Big clumsy oafs. Whoa. The clumsy bastards. Look what you've done, you nitwit. <laughs> Laurel. Yeah, wise guy, huh? Yeah. Hey, yeah, great. Good character <laughs> development. Laurel and Portly. Oh, that's it. That's it, Tom. Take us home. Take us home. Oh, what are you plugging? That, that one line that you one just line. said. <laughs> uh, there'll be a new Bodgemania. New Bodgemania. I've, I've beaten, I've uh, succeeded my war against repetitive strain injury. Yeah, and I actually move my arm again. Yeah, it's fine. Nice. Dodge your desk. Always, hey, check your posture. That's what I'm um, che- uh, checking. Always people. check your balls and your posture. In that order. In that order. And for the latest wrestling news throughout the day, you can check out cultaholic.com. He's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Don't forget to join us in Love you, bye. RIP Big Box Gaming. Taz has to sleep somewhere else tonight. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.